Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, sometimes a decision isn't a decision at all. We talked to Marlo Mack about her new Audible book based on her podcast, How to Be a Girl, plus Biz is Old. Woo! There's nothing like cleaning out a toddler potty full of poop while you're breastfeeding a newborn. Am I right? Clearly, I am doing... A terrible job, as it was such genius for me to potty train a two-year-old while I have a newborn. (sighs) You're doing a great job, Biz. I am not. (laughs) Bye. Oh, no, you're doing a great job. This sounds like a classic example of some amazing super brain thinking. You have a newborn in your house. Logically, that means you should start potty training a two-year-old. I mean, it just goes without saying. It's like one thing obviously leads to the other. And I think changing, I am not sure I've ever breastfed while cleaning out a potty. I have breastfed and made a cappuccino. Now, that was that was pretty exciting. But I think yours is really next level, like a next level. I think that is just proof that you were doing an amazing job parenting as if you were in a parenting circus. You would be centering, my friend, centering. I think you're doing a great job. You know who's also doing a great job? You guys, I I just got to start the show off reminding you all that you're doing an amazing job. I also want to, again, thank all of our healthcare workers, be you frontline or be you those that help the frontliners keep frontlining. I am so glad that vaccines have started rolling out for you. This is very, very exciting. Everybody, if you want to show your thanks for essential workers. I have this really great idea. Okay, ready? It's very easy. You just put a mask on correctly when you go out. That is the way to say that you. I heard this poor, poor emergency room doctor the other day just say, you know, everybody just keeps saying how thankful they are for us and how much they are grateful for the work that we're doing, and then they walk around without their masks on. Well, the reason we are working this hard is because you're not wearing your masks. (laughs) And I was just like, whoo, dang, that's true. So everybody, put on a mask. I know that you guys are already doing it. You're doing a great job, but it is easy to get the burnout and forget to do it. So keep a few extras in your car, keep a few extras in the diaper bag, keep a few extras in the cubby, keep a few extras everywhere. Thank you to all of you 
who are out there every day making life possible for the rest of us when we do have to venture out of our houses. Guys, fun story for you today. It was my birthday this week, and I got a gift from my body. Remember last week when I was telling you guys like how grounded I was and how like the holidays had just been so amazing and like I had had ramen and it was delicious and it was like joy ramen and I just really, I know that I have turned that corner for good, that infamous corner we talk about on this show. I had turned it for good and then I got this like weird little breakout on my shoulder, on the back of my shoulder and I thought... Is this from a new sweatshirt that I just got that I didn't wash? It's kind of like the only thing that's different <laughs> in my life right now. It must be an allergic reaction. I'm not touching it. I'm not scratching it. Huh, why is it getting worse? It's getting worse as the days go on. Oh my God, it hurts. It hurts so very bad. It like, it hurt. And then I like did the old like take the camera and try and get a picture of it to really see what was going on. And that was disgusting. So I sent it to my doctor, the picture. And on my birthday, I had a face-to-face over Zoom doctor's appointment where I was informed I had shingles. The shingles, everyone. Not, Not usually found in in the very young, (laughs) but I just turned 47, so I guess I cannot be the very young really anymore. Shingles, fascinating, painful, horrible. Who knew? I said, how did I get shingles? And they were like, did you have chicken pox? And I said, yes, yes, we all had chicken pox probably at some point in time. So yes, she said that it is usually triggered from stress. And I was like, but I feel so good right now. (laughs) It's triggered from stress and it like hangs out in your nervous system. And so then it just like travels up a nerve. One nerve. And it just comes out in one spot. So it doesn't spread, which is good. And shout out to vaccines. I was not at a big risk of my kids getting chicken pox from it because they could have, but they didn't because vaccines. So that was exciting. I am on the mend and definitely only feel a little old and broken and am questioning what I now determine as feeling rested and grounded. I I may have that really, really wrong. (laughs) And that's okay. Speaking of okay, I am so excited that we are going to be talking to Marlo Mack about her new Audible book, which is based on her podcast, How to Be a Girl. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Everyone, I am so excited to welcome Peabody finalist Marlo Mack, who is the author of How to Be a Girl. 
an Audible original which details her journey as a single mom of a young transgender daughter. The project is based on her award-winning podcast of the same name and on the writing in her blog, gendermom.com. Welcome, Marlo! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I, I am very happy to have you. And before I derail on the million things I could derail on, I'm just right away, just before even asking you questions, mm-hmm. I want to ask you who lives in your house? Well, I just shut the door on a very sad member of my household, my 14-year-old dog, <laughs> Pirate, who really wanted to join in, but he's loud and, you know, he snores. He sleeps a lot and then he snores. <laughs> so I've got the very old dog mm-hmm. and then just just the next youngest is the 13-year-old daughter. Oh. Oh, oh. So that's a, a different kind of challenge. <laughs> and then a, a, a husband who's a little bit older than both of them. <laughs> <laughs> Fairly newly acquired a couple of years ago, he came on board, and um, we all live together in a well, in the suburbs of Seattle. Yeah, <laughs> very nice. Oh, this is see, I could derail on all of these things. I want to actually ask about your name, Marlo Mack. I know it's not your real name, but right. I do. I could because you it is a pseudonym for so that you can protect your child's identity since you started the show when they were very young on the podcast but I I gotta ask Marlo is it a Marlo Thomas reference where did Marlo come from I love Marlo Marlo is absolutely a Marlo Thomas reference yes Yes. my childhood free to be you and me yes was was central and I just thought it was kind of a cool name. It is. But yeah, just all that gender bendy, wonderful stuff in that album that was so, gosh, it holds up now if you listen to it. You know, we still have a lot to learn from Free to Be You and Me, I think, about how we gender our children and ourselves. Oh, yeah. And then I kind of like the alliterative Marlo Mack. Mack is kind of sort of similar to my actual last name a little bit. <laughs> You have been producing, creating, doing a podcast for a very long time now called How to Be a Girl, and it's now a book, uh, an Audible original. And I, I, before we get to the book, I think we need to start with the podcast. And I'd love for you to start with how it all started. Well, my... Uh... It's hard to know where to start. Yeah. I guess from the very beginning, you know, when my kiddo was born, I thought I had a boy. I thought I had a boy from the ultrasound on. And that that all kind of was, that was the, the situation until my child was three years old when my quote, in, in quotes, son said, yeah. I am, I'm a girl, mom. And she said it over and over and over again. And she she also said, well, one day, was this This was sort of the, the pivotal moment for me. She said, Mama, something went wrong in your tummy. Oh, it made baby. Me baby girl. I know. Like, where'd you come up with this, kid? Something went, went wrong in your tummy, Mama. Um, oh. Put me back. And I need you to put me back. Please, please put me back. Um, and, you know. Oh, um, so I can come so I can come out again as a girl so I can come out as who I am and um, that was the moment where I knew that this was not 
that this was something big that yeah. I really needed to pay attention to. And so it, it wasn't, I didn't know at the time what transgender was really. Yeah, sure. Um, it, and there was a long, there was a long process after that of, of getting to a point of realizing I, I, I really, what, what she was saying was that she really was a girl. And so the podcast started kind of, it kind of well, it grew out initially out of my blog. I started blogging first. Podcasts weren't, you know, this was Yeah, no, podcasts weren't a thing. Yeah. So I don't think I'd even heard a podcast yet, but I started the blog because I went online in, you know, 2011, 2012, looking for stories like mine, thinking, well, you know, somebody else out there yeah. must be like us. Someone must have experienced this and written about it. <laughs> I mean, everything's on the internet, right? But we weren't on the internet in 2011, 2012, 2013, when I desperately needed somebody yeah. to, to say, you know, look, we're like you. So I just, I started a blog, also anonymous, my, my name then, this was prior to the Marlo Mack days. This was, I was gender mom, which I thought was kind of cool. <laughs> gender <laughs> mom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. I should have, I don't have a cape, but so yeah, so I started writing that, and it, it got pretty quickly got quite a bit of response, I think, because it was so different than anything yeah. else out there. And I started hearing from quite a few people, a lot of transgender adults, a lot of transgender women, saying it really re reflected the, the experiences they recalled as as children, and then hearing from lots of parents who were going through what I was going through. So in, I think, 2015, I started the podcast. I been kind of an audio nerd for a long time and had been recording her recording just my cute little kid because I thought she was adorable you know and I wanted to <laughs> save her voice and I didn't actually Aww. think I'd do anything with it but I have all these I found myself one day with all this really kind of adorable tape of my little girl saying cute things she loved to sing so I would you know she'd make up songs and I record her songs and her giggles and one day I I realized that that maybe I had something that I could that I could tell this this other story with this medium, and um, so that's that's what I did. So yours is a I mean yours is officially a teen. Mine would like to say that they're a teen, and they're not. <laughs> We're like eleven doesn't rhyme with Ian, so I'm very sorry. You are not a teen, <laughs> but aspiring teen, aspiring teen. <laughs> but the thing about teens is mm. they're they're a lot. You know, now, now she's 13. She's not seven. So how did you guys approach sort of the boundaries? Was she in, is she still involved heavily or does she like, I don't care. I don't care. Whatever. I don't care. Like. <laughs> right, right, right. Which <laughs> I don't care. Ugh. Have you met her? Did you? Yeah, just... I, guess... <laughs> I was once Have a you been teen. Eavesdropping? <laughs> I was once a teen. Oh, My gosh. children don't believe it, mm. but Ugh. well, we had uh, the most recent episode was actually a big kind of drama because I produced an episode about something that went down last year in sixth grade, mm. and I shouldn't. I shouldn't say any more about it because I'm not at liberty to. But I spent, oh, I don't even want to think about how many hours uh, recording, you know, putting together this episode. And then 
I, I thought I had told my daughter what, what was in the episode, but I, I guess I, I hadn't really cleared it. Maybe she just wasn't listening. I know. Sometimes that happens. <laughs> I think it might be that one. <laughs> but I we were chatting, and I, I mentioned it, and she said, you put what in the podcast? <laughs> and I said, oh, boy. And, you know, it, she was worried it would impact some of her friendships at school. Oh. And, you know, that is that's sacred ground. Those are yeah. that I'm not messing with a sixth grade girl's social life or, you know, gonna make it that harder than it has to be. Mm-mm. So I said, Do you want me to take it down? Thinking, please say no, please say no. I work so hard on this. And she said, yeah. Yes. And I said, Okay. And ten minutes later it was off. It was erased from all the from everything. And that was quite a lesson and you know, that Ooh. that I I realized that I had kind of crossed a line. I you know, I felt like it was it was a respectful story, and it was a lot of stuff that I, you know, I, territory I really wanted to explore. But it just it was her story, and she didn't want it out there. And so Oof. we have a new agreement now, which is she's going to listen to everything before it goes up. The sweet sort of coda to this story is that a couple of days later, she says, "Mama, I feel so bad. You worked so hard on that. No, oh. couldn't we just put it? Couldn't you just fix it and like take out the parts I don't want you to use and just put it back?" And I was like, "Well, that leaves about you know thirty seconds." Yeah. <laughs> but there was actually maybe like four minutes that it was usable. So I said, "Well, why don't you? Why don't you add something to it in your own voice and?" tell people what happened and we'll put back up, we'll tell people why, you know, here's, you can, maybe you could explain why it's so short and tell them what, you know, what happened a little bit. And so she did that. It was really, I was really proud of her. It was kind of a turning point, kind of a, her growing up, you know, in the podcast really. Um, And I, yeah, it was, it was really sweet moment. And uh, she kind of took the reins. She picked out the music for it. I still had to do all the work, you know, oh, yeah. and everything. But anyway, and she did say she would listen to the podcast going forward, even though she, <laughs> said she thinks it's really, she said, Mom, you know, I live it. So why do I have to listen to it again? You know, I already lived these things that you're talking yeah. about. Why would I want to listen to them? I'm like, okay. Also, she finds her own voice kind of, you know, especially oh, when, when she doesn't? was little, her little kid voice. Is, I know. You know, they're all so cute. and But they, you know, when you're 13, it, it's pretty cringy, as she puts oh. it, to listen to When you're 13, when you're yeah. everything is cringy. Everything <laughs> is the worst. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Yeah, no, I mean, there, there are lots of questions I'd like to ask about being a teen as well as being transgender, trying to navigate that, like, already, you know, sort of stressful. Ugh. Being a teen sucks, and I would never want to do it again. And even as I watch my 11-year-old enter the world of middle school, I already have like a million personal baggage triggers going off left and right. Like, oh, God, eventually somebody's going to crush her. <laughs> right? Like, or like, oh, God, you know, are they friends? Are they not friends? Are they? <laughs> just, and I'm going to stay mm. back. I'm going to be just like my mother. I'm going to stay back. I'm going to stay back. Not going to get involved. <laughs> so definitely a new experience as a parent. And I wonder... I'm wondering, as a parent, how are you handling sort of watching the teen years unfold? And are there any sort of 
special or like surprising things that have come up uh, specifically because she's transgender? Is it or is there or is there nothing? Is it just like, nope, once we made that call, all easy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a breeze. Yeah. Super easy. As, you know, like any parent, everything's easy. Yeah. No. Well, you know, once we did transition, when she transitioned and I transitioned to become yeah. going, okay, I'm now the mother of a girl. You know, she was only four. Mm. And so she did what we what is called social transition, which means, you know, entirely reversible you get you know you go just go to the pink aisle instead of the icky blue aisle that you always hated and get all your right. clothes and you grow your hair out pick a new name and and new pronouns and you know it's all it's all reversible it's all you know contrary to what some people think nobody's giving you know surgeries or hormones to little kids so right. that's just important to, to mention because I, I think there is some misunderstanding about that but so a lot of you know and she you know, just never looked back. It was just all girl, happy girl, blended in with all the other girls. And, you know, we we didn't tell most people when she went to a new school, she was just another girl. And her teacher knew, but that was about it. She told a few of her little friends and, and most of them, you know, and asked them to keep it to themselves, which is tricky when you're, you know, asking for a seven, eight-year-old yeah. to keep information private. But most of them, most of them did. And, and they frankly didn't care. You know, because it, it just didn't matter. It was like, do you like Legos too? Yes. Okay. Let's play. Who cares? You know, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I think I'm not sure they really even registered what she was telling them, but she had her little spiel. She would explain to them. It's pretty adorable. You know, when I was born, they thought I was a boy, but I'm really a girl. Okay. Got it. Okay. Good. Let's go play. <laughs> you know? And um, so she's really managed it with her friends from the beginning. We've been, you know, we've been in this kind of a honeymoon period. I think a lot of parents who have children, with who are really who transition really young, you know, there's this kind of sweet time where if the stars align, where as they did for us, where we had a support, you know, we were incredibly lucky to have a supportive community of family, our friends, our neighbors, and the school that you know the the city and and the school district we found ourselves in were very trans friendly or they were willing to learn, and so we got we had a, a good go for a, a lot of years and just basically she's just gotten to have a really normal whatever that means yeah childhood and is just one of the girls but we are now entering this is a really interesting moment um because about a year ago her friends started looking different mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's like oh you know i hadn't seen little sophie for a while and now she's she's as tall as I am and she's kind of shaped like me, you know, yeah. <laughs> her little friends yeah. coming over, you know, and then the, the moms of her there, you know, the other moms start kind of whispering, oh, is your gosh, oh, she got her period. Did your daughter get her period? You know, this, uh, this whole, yeah. this whole new chatter uh, that I'm not part of and, you know, not, not necessarily feeling left out, but just, it's just uh, suddenly, okay, mm-hmm. wow, this is, this is now getting a little more complicated, a little more interesting. Yeah. Because she's not going to go through that. And so I need to start having these conversations with her about, you know, well, you know that your friends are going through this. And, and you know, how do you feel about that? Do they talk about it? Do you feel left out? You know, she kind of rolled her eyes. She's like, why would I care about that? I, I hear it really hurt. I've heard of cramps. They sound horrible. I'm so glad yeah. I don't have to have that. But, you know, it's it's – but she's – it's it's just a point where her – the difference becomes more – 
more pronounced. And so we actually just this last late last year, she went through her own rite of passage um, into her version of puberty and yeah. got her first medical intervention mm-hmm. to block her natal or you know like her natal puberty, which would have been a male puberty. And for a girl wow. who has lived as a girl literally as long as she can remember, she does not even remember being called a boy. Wow. Because she's she was three, four. She's Any memories of that, she's kind of dispensed with, she tells yeah. me. And so for that child to be asked to then, oh, you're off the girls' team now. You're going to go get a beard and have a low voice and look like dad. Obviously, that's not, not a workable workable thing. So um, we're very lucky, very, very lucky to have good health insurance and a supportive, trans-friendly medical provider. So she she started medications last a few months ago to get, they're called blockers, yeah. and they're safe and reversible. They're not cross-hormones. If she goes off the blocker medication, she would then go through male puberty if she wanted to, if that was what she chose to do. Wow, that's a, I, I am sure that that was definitely a big decision. You know what I mean? Like, as the parent, right? Like, I know that it would be like, well, yes, this is, I know my child, this is absolutely what my child needs. And I know it is best. And I am obvious, I'm obviously going to do it. (laughs) But simultaneously, I know that like with every parental decision, there's always that moment of, uh, and I actually, I think that ties into sort of what I wanted to talk about last with you, which was about sort of the control we think we have as parents. Yeah. Can I just say something now? Yeah. Can I just say something about the decision? Because yeah. honestly, it didn't feel like it was a decision. It, yeah, there was okay. no point. It felt, and that's what I think is hard to understand if you, you know, haven't actually been through this experience with a transgender kid who transitioned so young. That decision was made 10 years ago. 10 years ago. As far as yeah. I, I have known, in fact, we've been talking about this for almost 10 years with her because yeah. she was terrified at age four of, of having a beard. And mm-hmm. so I had to sit her down and say, it's okay, honey, when you're older, the doctors can give you medication so that won't happen. And that was the only way she was able to bear, you know, she she needed that information in order to be okay. And she would ask me about it periodically. When do I get the medication? Do I need it now, mom? Am I about to get a beard? No, honey, it's okay. You got it. You're only eight. You're good. (laughs) But so, so having had that conversation a hundred times for a decade, you know, there's no decision point. Then you, you know, uh, you, it's, it's sort of, I mean, I think of it, this sounds melodramatic, but I mean, I think of it as if someone said, oh, your kid has cancer. Are you sure you're going to give him the chemo? You know, I mean, oh my God, if, was so that a tough good. decision? I'm so I mean, glad you're saying this. It's good. <laughs> because I, I honestly do feel that it is a life-saving medical intervention for yeah. my, my daughter. These kids, they, the ones who don't get it, and most of them, you know, there's a lot of a lot of fear and misinformation about about these medications. Yeah. A lot of people think they're being handed out like candy to any kid who's kind of like gender bendy. And the reality is they're they're hard to get. You know, most kids who need them are not getting them. And so that's just, yeah. you know, something I really want to emphasize. Um, there's a lot of barriers to getting them. Starting with, you got to have, you know, often people don't have decent health insurance in this country, right? But these kids, when they feel like my daughter when they know themselves to be a gender that isn't aligning with 
with what's on their birth certificate. And they have to endure a puberty that feels so wrong. You know, they they hurt themselves. It's, it's really serious shit. Um, and a lot of them decide not to be on this planet anymore. So it isn't a decision. I mean, it's like I, when I compare it to chemotherapy, I'm not, I'm really kind of not being that extreme. I feel like it, it saved my daughter's life to have access to this. And again, yeah. I am really glad you stopped me and you said that. Oh, because... And I'm not offended. I mean, I, no, I, no, how no, would no. you know if you hadn't lived through this? You no, know? no. I, well, that, yeah. but that's, that's where mm. I wanted to kind of get to, like, because I feel like there are, there's like this spectrum of information, like as a, as a person in the world, information on that you have access to and not you i mean the universal you the universal we have access to when it comes to this and you may be in a group or you know a part of the world the country where you know zero about what being transgender means or any of it right like any of it what there's more options than boy girl right like <laughs> like it's just 1974 yeah. <laughs> right. just, and then there are other people who have gone through the same experiences that you and your family have and so are right there right there there's no we don't have to do a lot of background talk we all know it's all good <laughs> yeah obviously i'm doing this and then there are those of us who float in the middle like <laughs> I was telling Teresa before the show, she her oldest is transgender mm -hmm. and is a girl and has known that they were girls since they were very young. And I was saying, you know, I I do have a better understanding because I've gotten to live vicariously through you. <laughs> like, right, just, absolutely. You know, yeah. which is a gift. And both of my kids are very much a part of a community in which the language of gender fluidity is is, is part of it. And so mm. they both, like, trying to understand their identity is very much part of their growing up in a way that it was not for me. Mm, that's great. That's great. And super cool. Yay. However, right. I, as the parent, right, like, definitely have moments where I'm like, for real? What? Like, and then, and then is my question of for real, does that make me a horrible person or am I not, am I obviously would do anything for these children, right? But like, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, because it's a newer thing in this house, there would be moments of, I think, I obviously will make the decision, it would still be a decision, right, at the beginning, or I would trap myself with the wording of decision as opposed to yeah. taking that word off the table. And I am getting to a point. And my point is <laughs> the book, which has come after this audible book, which has come after the podcast and the blog, you spend a large portion of the beginning really going through your experiences, trying to get your head around this, right? Yes. And yes. like to the point where like, it's like, huh, you know, I, I know I get it, right? But like, but I get it because I'm more involved in that world, right? So I guess I wanted to ask, is the 
Mm. When creating this book, when writing this book and putting this together, who is this book for? Who Mm. were you thinking this book would be for? And how did that affect how you came at it? Oh, that's a good question. And it sounds like you got a little frustrated with me. No, <laughs> like, not with me. I know it does sound like a little bit, but I mean, like, I don't blame you. But that's the camp, right? Like, that's the, yeah. those are the different parts I, of the world. It made me, I mean, I know what I, my frustration only comes from, oh, it was written for, but I don't know who it was written for, right? Like, right. right? So, like, I can, I am happy to sit on my own frustration if it means that people who have zero experience, who Mm. cannot understand at this point why you as a parent couldn't control and make the decision for your children. Yeah, right. Right. right? So so I want to ask you, I don't want to create a narrative in my head that I already have. You're Mm. welcome. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's a really good question. I... I didn't write the book probably for people like you because you're kind of already on board. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. Um, I, I mean, mean, I got a lot to learn, yeah. but I'm, I'm open. Gold star. That's right. Yeah. I I really wanted people to know, frankly, I, I don't know if there's a, there's not a single person I wrote it for. Um, <laughs> I wanted people to walk through this experience with me. Because I think there's a misconception that, okay, she's a Seattle liberal, you know, <laughs> she's got a progressive agenda, and her kid is, uh, like, a product of that. You know, she was celebrating from the rooftops because she had this right. really interesting, weird, you know, <laughs> edgy kid experience, you know. Who, I have yet to meet a parent who fits that description, by the way, and I've met hundreds of mothers and parents like myself. And, you know, I don't care how liberal and left-wing you are. If you have a beautiful trans child dropped into your life, you're scared and you're probably going to push back because you know this kid's going to have a lot harder time, you know. I mean, what kid, what parent wants their child to be almost assured of having a much, much harder life? And that's the reality if you have a transgender kid. They can still have a fabulous life and be healthy and happy and my daughter is she's thriving and and you know with an eye roll in there because she's 13 but right you know she's she's a happy (laughs) she's just normal her problems are like the other 13 year old girls but back to the book I wanted people to know and and it's also frankly it's kind of an historical document at this point because Mm. I mean the history the Things have changed so much, so quickly on this issue. When I started working on my blog and doing my podcast, no one had heard of Caitlyn Jenner or Laverne Cox, let alone Elliot Page. You know, we just did not have this conversation. No, nobody, you know, there were no cute little trans kids sitting on the couch with Oprah or Anderson Cooper and telling their stories with mom and dad going, oh, yes, we love them so much. You know, that did not exist. (laughs) And so, you know, in some ways, I guess the narrative's a little dated because I was up against, literally, yep. there was nothing. And there was one book, one book called The Transgender Child. And 
I, I think that was the only book out there, mm. <laughs> right? And it had just been published. So it was, you know, it's amazing to think how quickly this is, has changed. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful. I mean, I often, I pinch myself. I think if my child had been just a, born just a few years earlier or in a different <laughs> place, yeah, um, <laughs> what, you know, anywhere outside of a few cities in this country, I think we would have been up a creek. I mean, I think she yeah. would have had a very, very different story. I mean, and a really sad one. A really yeah. sad one. You know, there is still so much pushback against parents like me saying that somehow, you know, we're crazy. This is our, we did this, we want this. And I, I just wanted to go through every single fear. And I mean, in yeah. some ways, it's my self-defense. Like, look, I really tried to find an alternative. I mean, there's a lot of people, a lot of, there's a, there's a big segment of feminists who would say, you know, you just don't accept that you have a non-conforming child. Why can't you embrace your lesbian? Yeah. Or why can't you embrace your gay son? You know, I hear from these people. You know, I get these emails saying, you know, I was a gender, I was a tomboy, but I'm not, a, you know, you would have made me into a boy. Or, you know, so there, there, there's a lot of pushback from all sides. So in some ways, you know, I, I wanted to address all, you know, each yeah. point by point, what, how I got from being basically a parent who was like, Literally, I didn't even really know what transgender was. I'd never met a transgender person that I was aware of. Of course, I had, but not that I knew of. And all I had in my head were the worst, most just horrendous, salacious, you know, Jerry Springer yeah. images. Oh, yeah. And that's all that, that I had to go on. So I was not, you know, jumping in with both feet at the beginning, that's for sure. And and the book <laughs> talks a lot about that. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I think that that's actually really good because it is you you want this book to get to the people who who are just at that very beginning place or who know people. Right. Like I, I think I think it's not just for people who find themselves with a child who is identifying differently than their biological you know, parts, I think it's for the people who are in that community, right? Like, like you said, you've been very lucky that you have a, you know, trans-friendly medical group, a school, community, and the only way to create those kinds of spaces is to have these conversations out there. So, you know, it, it, I appreciate that you've written it and and put it out there. And sadly, I have to wrap it up, though we clearly could talk all day. <laughs> it's been a delight. So I'm just going to say thank you. Thank you for choosing to share this experience in the different ways that you have. And you may thank your daughter for hating you for it later. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You can thank your daughter for also being a part of it. Because I, I, it's clear that it was always something that they were present for and aware was happening. So good job. Yeah. yeah. She's pretty proud of it, actually. She really likes the idea that we're making a difference. And... I, it, it is. And so we so. will make sure that we link everybody up to where they can find out more about the Audible original as well. If they have not already been listening to the podcast how to be a girl, which is the same 
name is the book and gendermom.com. We'll link everybody up to all of these things. Thank, Thank you, you so much for coming on today and talking with me. Thank you so much. It's been really fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Grove. Healthy, plant-based, non-toxic cleaning products work, and the good ones are actually more enjoyable to use. But where do you start and who do you trust, internet? That's where Grove Collaborative comes in. It is so nice to have a place to go to get answers. And Grove Collaborative delivers healthy home, beauty, and personal care products directly to you. Join over 2 million families who have trusted Grove Collaborative to make their homes happier and healthier. Plus, shipping is fast and free on your first order. Plus, it's how I made the switch to dryer balls. (laughs) Make your home healthier this new year for a limited time when listeners go to grove.co slash badmother you will get a free Mrs. Myers gift set plus free shipping with your first order, a $30 value. But you have to use our special code. Go to grove.co slash badmother to get this exclusive offer. That's grove.co slash badmother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. I would ask you how you are, but I can just look into your eyes. And it says it all. It's all it's, there. It's all there in your eyes. The <laughs> light, the heat. Genius, I'm just mate. What? Sending, <laughs> no, I'm just sending laser beams yeah. of horror yeah. to you through yeah, Zoom. I think I, yeah, we're just going to derail right off the top. Okay. I, I do would like us to work on yeah. a new question. Right. Okay. Do you remember how with Mommy Brain we decided to name it Super Brain? <laughs> Super Brain. It, yeah. it needed to be changed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how are you in uh-huh. the pandemic? Yeah. Is just a bullshit question. Yeah. And so it is. We all, I issue this challenge to everyone and to us a new way to greet each other. That's yeah. not. How are you? Because that just results in the laser eyes or it results in lies or it results in like, uh, I don't know. Well, you know, I mean, uh, 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 let me show you how bad I have it. Right. Like it just leads to noises. (laughs) Noises. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, we need to figure that out. Yeah. This is important. I'll work guys. on it. I'll I'll work on it in my free time. All right. <laughs> Genius me. <laughs>
Wow. Oh my God. Oh my God. I saw what you did. Oh my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh my God. That's fucking genius. Okay. This is a teamwork genius between myself and my child, Gracie, my wonderful nine-year-old, who allowed me to help her learn to ride a two-wheeler. Oh. And it, it's been a journey, guys. It's been a journey. <laughs> a two-wheeled journey. <laughs> and now she is doing it. And it, I'm not going to lie, like, it... It made me feel fine about everything in the world for about 48 hours. Yes. I was riding high. But yeah, I'm I'm really happy for her and I'm happy for us because it took some time and we had to be consistent and we had to be patient with each other and we had to take breaks and we had to come back to it mm. and it was a lot. It was a lot, but we did it, and she's she's rocking it. She can do it. We go, we can go to the park, and she can ride around the park. It's oh, great. my God. Yeah. That is amazing. It is. It's amazing. You are doing a very good job. Thank you. Fairies. So I have, there are a lot of littles, little children on my street, and we, like, I guess... Early on, like years ago, I bought some shitty overpriced fairy stuff for the yard for the kids to kind of play with. They've all been like chewed up by weed whackers at this point in time. Uh, yeah. But a couple of fairies survive. Maybe two years ago, a family had moved in and we noticed they had a fairy door on their tree that's out by the street. And this was very exciting. So I said, hey, wouldn't it be fun? to sneak down there and put some of our fairy stuff in their yard, right? Trying to, uh, you know, yeah. generate yeah. an activity or kindness, yeah. whatever. And this happened. And then once the uh, pandemic started and the shut-in started, we started notice we noticed a new red fairy door on our tree that was out <gasps> on the street. So they knew it was you? Yeah, they knew it was us. They figured it out. Okay. <laughs> My children aren't that stealthy. Yeah. And this was really sweet. Like it just it like it was so nice. So we started putting out a few more fairy things and for them and for us. And then I started noticing like every kid who walked by stop and want to do stuff with the fairy house. Yeah. Yeah. So I ordered a few little fairy things. Like fairies themselves are incredibly expensive but mushrooms mm. aren't mushrooms okay. and frogs and like all these little houses and stuff and i put it in a basket and i made a sign that said you know fairies start a fairy garden right and i just said you know take what you want and set one up in front of your house or add to others go visit fairies <laughs> and no age requirements Right? Like, so it doesn't have to be just for kids. And then this, like, really sweet kid who's at the very end of our street, young four-year-old and mom, they were digging through it yesterday, and it was great. I was like, this is nice. I like this. So, it's so nice. I, know, I, I just love like, it, and I'm inspired. Good. Thank you. Yeah. I just, 
It's so lonely, everybody. I know. (laughs) Just must connect with neighbors somehow. Somehow. So anyway, it was very fun. And the kids were way into it. And the double genius is I let my children ransack the basket before I put it out. Great. So good job. Thank you. Hi, One Bad Mother. I'm calling in with a genius. I will take whatever I can get these days. It's a virtual school genius. Um, My daughter is, she's doing virtual kindergarten, and she is sitting with her laptop, and she's just hammering away on the keyboard because it feels fun. Like, I think it's a sensory thing or something. She's just clacking away, and then that's messing up whatever window she's got open and putting in all these crazy things in the browser. So I told her not to do that. And then I remembered that in a box in the garage, I have an old keyboard that's broken that used to connect with Bluetooth, but it doesn't work anymore. And I went and I found it in the garage and I gave it to her. And now she's just so happy. She's sitting pounding away on this broken old keyboard to her heart's content and i am a genius so are you thank you bye this is such so a genius good. yeah it's such a genius yeah and it like, does feel good to press those buttons yeah i love clacking keys that's right that's what mama does yeah and it does open every window or yeah thing that you don't yeah. want your child to open because they're probably on your computer like they're on my computer and I'm like oh yeah. my files yeah and you know what you could do if you don't have one laying around your garage this is a great like thrift store or yeah. like Facebook freebie you know Absolutely. whatever one of those groups are yep yeah i so smart so smart you're doing amazing you are amazing failures fail 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 you suck. Fail me, Teresa. Okay. This is a partner fail. Um, <laughs> I, so I, uh, okay, our dogs go to the bathroom in the front yard. And so I usually try to clean it up pretty much right away because it's kind of like, it's like right there. So like we're yeah. going in and out and it's right there and it's gross. But going around to where the trash cans are is like a whole thing so (laughs) and like involves me needing my keys and stuff and so I have a tendency to like if like a therapist is coming over or like we're doing like we're just getting ready in the morning or whatever to like scoop it up in a bag tie the bag in a knot and throw it over the fence to like where the <laughs> trash cans are, but it always lands just like in the driveway. So there's sure. just like a bag of poop in the driveway, which I don't really care about because I don't look at our driveway. I'm looking at what's in front of my front door and there's no poop there anymore. And so I'm happy. And then next time I'm outside, I throw it in the trash. Jesse hates this. And oh. the only reason I know he hates it is because I can just tell. You like he's tell. never said, like he's, I think the most he's ever said is, Oh, there was like a bag of poop in our driveway. Like he's horrified. Like somebody else must have left it there or something. And I was like, Oh yeah, I just like didn't have time. I was just like scooping. I just, I just, yeah, sorry. But so I know he hates this, and so I kind of like try to not do it when he's around. But like, like, but like I do anyway too at the same time. 
And um, so the other day I was, he was not home and I went to do this thing that I do and I threw it over the fence and I heard this sound that was not it landing in the driveway and it was landing on the hood of his car as he was pulling into the driveway. Two points! Yes. Two points! <laughs> Touchdown, Teresa! It was... Truly amazing. Oh, that. That is beautiful. It was beautiful. Oh, I. Did you just run? <laughs> I stood there for a second. And I was like, that was not the sound I was expecting. <laughs> then he got out of the car and I said, I am so sorry. And he just looked at me. <laughs> Oopsie, can you put that in the trash? Thank Do you. you mind just. That was for you. Sorry. Thanks. That was Thank for you. you. Can you? Yeah. Passive aggressive. <laughs> That's that is a beautiful fail. Yeah. Thank you. Guess what? What? I have never bought Ellis a plant. Ever. Wow. Ever. Huh. This is this is not true. Okay. I have brought lots of living things into this house. Uh-huh. Plants, definitely yeah. among them. Ellis has definitely had many plants that die immediately yeah. because I don't think about going back there to right. water them. And yeah. and he doesn't think about watering yeah, them. Yeah, they're always like, I got yeah. it. And then they don't. Cat yeah. has been really increasing their plant intake. Mm-hmm. So lots of plants in their room. And this is great. But And this... Uh, accusation came out of nowhere for no reason Mm -hmm. and soon was followed with another monstrous thing that is clearly my fault ellis also did not eat any cherries when cherries were around (laughs) last spring he didn't get any he He didn't didn't get get any any cherries in all of cherry season yeah i said i don't think that's true I, I remember you eating quite a few cherries. No, I didn't. I did not eat those cherries. Let me see if I can find a picture of you eating cherries. Now, I could not right. uh, find a picture. So when I had to then go tell him, because I was hoping that would just make him forget yeah. that they'd even asked, right? right. I was like, sorry, no picture. See, I had no cherries. Yeah. None. Yeah, so I have never bought Ellis' plant, Mm-mm. and I clearly ate all the cherries in front of them last year. Right. Without letting them have any. Right. Because yeah. I am horrible. I'm sorry. I just, I'm so gra- <laughs> like grasping onto this idea that mm-hmm. by a certain age, mm-hmm. you must buy your child a plant. Like yeah. you're, you're like buying as though like buying though, a plant is like one of the yeah yeah one of the buying things a, a personal plant like a pet personal only plant. it's like it's, it's a plant for that child like yeah. I really like that idea yeah. like I, you haven't bought you've never you haven't bought your me. child a plant yet ah oh, they haven't God. gotten a plant didn't you read that new parenting Just book for them when and why and how. <laughs> 
your child should get their first I mean, plant. as long as they're getting lots of cherries during cherry season, I think it'll be okay. But I didn't give them cherries. Wait, what? <laughs> I know. It's horrible. Anyway, I'm sorry. I, I like that failing. Sound fun. I like failing when I didn't even know yeah. that I was failing. Yeah. When I wasn't, in fact, yeah. actually failing. This is called like getting a bad grade from your child. Yeah. Like this is like yeah. when your child is like giving you a report card for parenting yeah. and they're like, you're you're really like you really need improvement. Need improvement. Oh. And you know what? They're definitely that like person who has seen a parent like you before, so already has right. opinions of yes. you. Right? Of how like you should be. Of how yeah. you should be. Yeah. And this is not up to your potential no, as a parent. This is Ugh, moms like that are always not given cherries and plants. <sighs> I'm sorry. That's eh, all right. Hi, this is a fail. I have a two and a half year old who is very inquisitive. And also, I decided that this year I would make homemade vanilla for Christmas. And for anyone who's never made it, you need to start like three months before like make sure it's ready so about three months ago my very inquisitive toddler asked if he could have some of the vodka that he saw me putting vanilla beans into and I said no you can't because it's alcohol and he said what's alcohol and I actually said it's a fermented beverage that only grown-ups can drink and we went back and forth a couple of times and really all that he learned is that alcohol is a forbidden beverage but here's the fail. The result of this conversation is that randomly, three months later after this conversation, my two-and-a-half-year-old will just sing, alcohol. And to add a funny layer to that, I am eight months pregnant. So when I'm walking around the grocery store and my toddler is in the cart singing, alcohol, and his mom is standing there, Eight months pregnant, it sure makes some head turns for several reasons. So anyway, the fail is being honest with your kid or being open with your kid. I don't know. Never answer your kid's questions. That is <laughs> that's my conclusion here. Anyway, you guys are doing a great job. Just I don't know what alcohol is. That's a good question. I have no what idea. What do you think? Yeah, I don't what do know. you think? That's a good way to... Ask your I feel father. Like, I know it's to it's so unfair because like the thing that works the best is oh it's spicy you wouldn't like it <laughs> like that's what works the best and it's so not true like that's not oh it's spicy hot oh, yucky uh, you wouldn't like it bleh, bleh. <laughs> no good no good well yeah. you're doing a horrible job yeah I hope that vanilla tasted good. <laughs> are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Billy. Guys, I've used a lot of razors. I'm old. And I honestly love the Billy razor so much. It gave me the smoothest shave ever. 
And during the pandemic, it's great to know that I didn't have to shave for days after using Billy. <laughs> Among other reasons. You can go to mybilly.com to get their starter kit for just $9. It includes their award-winning razor, two refill blades, and a cult favorite magnetic holder. So go to mybilly.com slash mother. It's just $9 to get your starter kit plus free shipping always. Again, go to mybilly.com slash mother. That's spelled mybillie dot com slash mother. Welcome back to Fireside Chat on KMAX. With me in studio to take your calls is the dopest duo on the West Coast, Oliver Wong and Morgan Rhodes. Go ahead, caller. Hey, uh, I'm looking for a music podcast that's insightful and thoughtful, but like also helps me discover artists and albums that I've never heard of. Yeah, man. Sounds like you need to listen to Heat Rocks every week. Myself and I'm Morgan Rhodes, and my co-host here, Oliver Wong, talk to influential guests about a canonical album that has changed their lives. Guests like Moby, Open Mike Eagle, talk about albums by Prince, Joni Mitchell, and so much more. Yo, what's that show called again? Heat Rocks, deep dives into hot records. Every Thursday on Maximum Fun. I started listening to Ono, Ross, and Carrie shortly after I broke my arm. I couldn't get my book started. I was lost, honestly. I knew it was time to make a change. There's something about Ono, Ross, and Carrie that you just can't get anywhere else. They're thought leaders, discoverers, founders. I'd call them heroes. Ross and Carrie don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal. They take part themselves. They show up so you don't have to. But you might find that you want to. Is better. I wrote an entire book this weekend. It, it's terrible, but I did it. Just go to maximumfun.org. Thank, Thank you, Ross, Ross and Carrie. Oh, no, Ross and Carrie is just a podcast. It doesn't do anything. It's just sounds you listen to in your ears. All these people are made up. Goodbye. Well, it's that special time of the show again where I get to have just a few more minutes with Teresa over the Zoom. So why don't you join? Us in listening to a mom have a breakdown. Hey, Biz and Teresa, I'm calling with a rant. I'm just calling because I'm I'm so lonely with this pandemic, and I'm a solo parent. I have a toddler, and she's wonderful, but I just have to say that it's so hard only having my husband as the only adult that I see and interact with because we're not experiencing the pandemic in the same way because I'm a virtual teacher. So I go to school and I don't get to see or interact with my students outside of the screen. I go to my classroom and I teach alone from my classroom. And when I have to talk to coworkers, we Zoom or we call. I don't even get to see or talk to them face-to-face and my side of the family uh, we don't see, but my husband's side of the family, they're all in our bubble. So to my husband, nothing's really different because he's a first responder, so he goes to work and he sees all his coworkers. And we see his side of the family, but I don't see my parents or my grandparents or my sister. I don't see my friends. I don't see my coworkers. He's the only adult that I see. And we're, when we're getting along, 
things are okay, but when we're not getting along, it makes it really, really lonely and isolating. And I'm trying so hard to just do a good job for my daughter, but she uh, she misses her friends and she misses time outside and the weather's kind of keeping us in and I don't know, things have just been really hard. I guess I thought I would wake up today and it would be the first day of a new year and it would be a chance to get everything right. <laughs> it's not, not even the end of the day of the first day of the new year and things already feel like they're still as bad as they were before. <laughs> Thank you for letting me get that out. Um, everyone is doing such a wonderful job. And thank you, Biz and Teresa, for keeping the show going because it's a lifeline. First of all, you are not alone. And you are doing a really remarkable job. Oh, man. That is... We have spent years on this show talking about isolation as a parent, okay? Right even in the best of times, with the best of support, with the best of everything, it really becomes isolating when a kid wanders into your house, right? And most of us, uh, don't have the ideal situations. We don't live close to family. We have work. We have part, if we're in a partnered relationship, we have different schedules. Uh, there are any number of things that you can add to the kids in my house soup that equals isolation. And now we are in this pandemic, which is no joke. Uh, we're about to come up on like a year in a couple of months. It's really hard to get your head around sometimes. And the level of isolation and loneliness that it has created is just something I don't think we can take lightly at all. And so what you're feeling is so spot on. And even like, even if there wasn't a pandemic, the setup that you've got going on where, and this is again, true for so many of us, where one partner is very close to family, has family like totally nearby, and the other does not. Or maybe you live in the town that you grew up in, but your partner did not grow up in, right? Like the that balance right there can already have an impact. Sometimes when we're not even aware of it, especially around the holidays, guys, if you are leaning heavy towards one family more than another in terms of who you get to see, that can start affecting family traditions and things that you didn't even know were that important to you until you were in them. And it's not one of those things on our lists of, I should remember to have this conversation with my partner long before we experience it, right? Like, <laughs> you're just like, something's off and I don't know what it is, right? So like, now we're in this pandemic and it's just, it's just magnified. And I, you know, I am so sorry that you're feeling this way 
And I know that there's probably not all that much we can do about it. You know what I mean? Any of us. We, we have to stay home. We have to not go to school or to our jobs or to the social events we'd really like to. We can't see our family. We can't even go to a park. We can't go to a park here in like Pasadena. You know, like it's all of these outlets have been shut off to us. And that's really hard. Yeah, there's not really our desire to fix it, I think, is really hard. Like there's not I find myself trying to figure out how to see my family. Like there must be a way. Right. Like there must be. I must just not be thinking this through. And and sometimes I do indulge myself a little bit in trying to figure it out and and realize very quickly I'm right back where I started. This is just what we're living with right now. And I think for so many of us, the end of 2020 felt like a finish line in some weird psychological way. Yeah. Like we just got to get through this year and it'll be a new year. And we can start fresh and we'll have a new president. And we'll do, you know, all these, we're going to have the vaccine. And everybody was just waiting for <laughs> January 1st. And like, you know, wasn't some big surprise that things didn't change on January 1st exactly, but it it did, there was like a feeling that it gave me that I sort of heard in your voice in the call, which was just sort of like, okay, like, yeah, it is the new year and like that there is some relief that comes with that, like knowledge of the passage of time. But still, like, it does it's not... I'm not seeing a difference in my day to day. And because, you know, there isn't any other clear marker of time until the next new year, I guess, <laughs> you know, it's it's almost like a harder place to be when you don't have like a, a clear finish line right in front of you. So we're all living in that weird space right now. And like you said, Biz, it's been almost a year and that's that's a really... <laughs> That's far down the road of this, yeah. <laughs> much farther down the road of this than I ever thought we would go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The road. And I'm only laughing because I'm sad, by oh, the way. I'm not I laughing because I think it's funny. I'm all, just trying all to laughter. cope. Yeah. All laughter is sadness now. <laughs> this, this is sadness. Uh, uh, sitting silently is sadness. <laughs> you know, watching a show is sadness. Yeah. It's all, it's all sad we, we've all gone crazy and I just I just want to tell you you're doing a good job something else just real quick and we won't go down this path but I the pandemic has also forced a lot of us to have conversations with partners that wouldn't maybe even have to happen mm. if there if wasn't a pandemic yeah they yeah. would have just sorted themselves out yep and you know, no one is in a good place to have hard conversations. Right. <laughs> hard conversations right. right now. Yeah. I don't recommend taking a bag of dog poop and throwing it onto your partner's car. But yeah, you it's know, been do, tried and it didn't go yeah, well. So didn't end well. Yeah. I do. I do hope that you are able to find some way to connect with your partner 
to to get this working a little bit better for you. Yeah, for sure. Because you're doing a great job. You are. Teresa, you are doing a good job. And I see you and your laser eyes. <laughs> and <laughs> and I just look forward to seeing you every week. You're doing a great job. Thanks, Biz. You are also doing a great job and you had a birthday this week so i did happy birthday and i am happy that you're my friend so Teresa, i'm gonna say goodbye to you and that i'm gonna see you next week okay can we can we say goodbye (laughs) together yeah let's say goodbye together bye Bye. (laughs) oh yeah That was good. It was really good. (laughs) Guys, what did we learn today? Well, I tell you what. We learned, we learned a couple of things. One from our wonderful discussion with Marlo of how to be a girl. I really always love it when people push back and want to make sure that we're getting it right. And so I really enjoyed our conversation, especially the part about decisions and what it means to make a decision. And I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it and what a great way to get my mind just shifted even by like a millimeter into a different way of thinking and how helpful that is. But when she was talking about it wasn't a decision, it was just something we were obviously going to do. I love that kind of parenting confidence. I love that kind of confidence. I love that because it's a reminder that this isn't about anybody else. Guys, as a parent, when there's a kid in your house, it's not about what will they think, What will the neighbors do? Am I doing it the same way as them? Does the room look like the Pottery Barn catalog? Like what it's, we we really, no one really gives a shit, (laughs) okay? And when they respond like they do, it's because they are wrestling with their own, you know, self-doubt and questions and uncertainty, all right? It really rarely has anything to do with us. And so we need to be, really good at allowing ourselves to know what's right and to forgive ourselves if we make the wrong choice and to be flexible enough to change it, (laughs) right? Like that's what this is all about. There's no right way, one way, one and done. We are our own unit. Reminds me of the other thing I learned today, which is how isolating parenting can be. And part of that reason is because we start sharing how we're parenting or reaching out and talking to people about what we're going through. And it is very easy for people to respond in a way that makes us feel like we're doing the wrong thing or makes us feel bad for a good thing, right? It's the old, no one's doing it at you. All of those things can lead to feeling like you are the only one and you are all alone. And even when we are literally all alone in our house, you really aren't because there is a community out there. Sometimes it just takes a while to find them, but they're there. 
and they get it and we get it and we see you because you're doing a really remarkable job when you get it right and when you don't. So everybody hang in there because it sucks. (laughs) But we will get through this together and I will talk to you next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, daddy, baby, busted by, got thrown down mama blue. Oh, said daddy, baby, busted by, got thrown down mama blue. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.